Hello to my fellow fanatical elves, many of whom are descending upon Texas, even as I speak, the great city of Houston. We are invading in preparation for the game on Saturday between the Cleveland Browns and Houston Texans. I've got a bad feeling about this game, actually. We got to play a team led by an Ohio kid, C.J. Stroud of Ohio State University, THE Ohio State University. Should have been the first overall pick in the draft if you listen to the Ohio State Alumni Association, and we do. But um, a lot of people thought that um, that Bryce Young should be the first overall pick, and even though he's a really small quarterback and uh, didn't have the physical attributes that C.J. Stroud has, but they thought, well, he should be able to overcome them, uh, like Russell Wilson, for example, is a small quarterback who is really an outstanding uh, performer. Maybe C.J. Stroud can do the same thing. I don't know that C.J. has the same kind of speed that Russell Wilson has. But uh, anyway, uh, Carolina Panthers thought that they knew what they were doing. They drafted uh, their guy, number one, and C.J. fell to the Houston Texans. That's the team that the Browns have been trading with so many times. The fact they got the draft pick for uh, Deshaun Watson from the Cleveland Browns and ultimately he wound up giving them three first round picks in order to get Deshaun Watson back. We signed him to one of the largest contracts and, and it, well at the time was the largest um, pick or largest contract, $230 million, all guaranteed. He's not going to be able to play because he's on IR. Instead we've got our guy Joe Flacco who will be substituting for him. But uh, it's going to be a very, very interesting situation. And um, C.J. Stroud is the young guy who's been just tearing up the NFL. And uh, we've got to uh, use the veteran who's on the comeback trail, just been absolutely sensational the past five games or so. And uh, we'll see how it goes. I don't have really a completely happy feeling about this. I'll be honest with you. And uh, I'll explain why. Let me first, let me fix my sound here a little bit. I got to tweak the audio. Echo cancellation, reduce the mic background noise. There we go. And now I want to do my thing with um, PowerPoint. I'm going to present, share screen, and I'm going to do the uh, window, PowerPoint, share, for those of you who have video, and we'll go to the slideshow from the beginning yeah okay so cj stroud is technically a rookie but 
he's made so much progress in his first year that he really uh, cannot be thought of as a rookie in any meaningful sense of the word. He, not Joe Flacco, is going to be the best quarterback on the field on Saturday. I'm sorry, Browns fans, if I'm letting you down, but that's the simple truth. He's really been sensational the entire season. The stat, the stat that stands out for me, the one stat that I like, I kind of made up, is uh, if you take the number of yards passing divided by interceptions, that's the mean number of yards between interceptions. So 822 yards between interceptions. That's a phenomenal number. Uh, and to have that kind of number for a rookie is just totally insane. That means basically is it's like two or three games between interceptions. Just a remarkable performance for a rookie. Now, by comparison, Joe Flacco has got a lot of yards. He's got 1,616 yards in uh, five games, right? I think he's got five uh, games, four and one record. Um, but he's got eight interceptions in that time. So that means that he goes 202 yards between interceptions on the average. That's a big difference. Uh, that means that the Browns are basically four times as likely to generate a turnover when Flacco is flinging the ball compared to C.J. Stroud. That's exactly the opposite of what you'd expect. The veteran is turning the ball over four times as often as the rookie. That kind of scares me. Um, but on the other hand, we've got a lot of receivers that are really catching fire because of Joe Flacco throwing the ball. And I said all season long that I thought that Amari Cooper was a uh, Pro Bowl or even All-Pro wide receiver that we didn't really see the stats for because we didn't have a quarterback that was necessarily throwing him the ball uh, as often as um, might be optimum. But that really changed when Joe Flacco uh, came under center. Um, we also saw the development of David Njoku, Cedric Tillman, and the uh, continued uh, very strong play uh, from uh, our guy from the New York Jets. And, uh, you know, he and Flacco were teammates, and uh, that has worked out very well. And, uh, Tillman is the guy that we're really concerned about getting off of uh, concussion protocol for those who have uh, uh, video. You can see I put a little star by Tillman's name, and uh, we just have to really watch out for that. But hopefully we'll get him back. Uh, it's going to be 50-50 whether he can play or not. Now, they have a similar situation in Houston. Uh, Stroud has uh, one really outstanding target in Nico Collins, who had a, almost 1,300 yards last year. He also has a very strong tight end in Dalton Schultz, who had 635 yards. He's got some guys that are kind of injured with uh, Noah Brown. I think he has a back problem, or maybe it's the other guy, Robert Woods. But anyway, they're both uh, trying to get back on the field, and it looks like they might both make it. Uh, we'll have to see about that. Uh, but they're on the injured list. 
and uh, trying to get better. Um, anyway, for the Browns, flacomania is a real thing. Uh, I was very skeptical whether uh, even a veteran like Flacco with Super Bowl experience would be able to digest the Browns playbook in only one week, but he did it. And then he continued to get better in a very short amount of time. Just been absolutely tremendous. We just really have to um, appreciate what he's done. It's just been, uh, in my view, totally unexpected, a tremendous accomplishment. We should not take this for granted and assume that anybody can do this. It's not fantasy football where you trade a team or trade a player from one team to the next and have instant great performance. That just does not happen. Um, but uh, it did happen for Joe Flacco. He's just been outstanding. Must be one of the most intelligent quarterbacks of all time. But I think really the difference maker, in my view, is Miles Garrett. He's the guy that can bring C.J. Stroud back to earth and uh, maybe bring C.J. down a little bit uh, by chasing him and forcing him out of the pocket. And maybe uh, Miles Garrett then is the equalizer. Something else I want to say is that NRG Stadium in Houston is not at all like Cleveland Stadium. It would be really nice to be playing a home field playoff game in cold weather. That's not going to be the case. That is, I think, a major advantage that the Houston team is going to have, that they're playing in a uh, controlled environment with uh, synthetic turf. It's supposed to be very similar due to high tech to the natural turf, but it is synthetic turf. That means it's going to be a fast game and probably favors a team that was built for this stadium you know, to perform under these conditions. So I think that Houston does have an advantage. The advantage of the Browns is that our players have had playoff experience for the most part. They're an older team and should be able to handle the playoff atmosphere a little bit better. So the edge and experience goes to the Browns. But I think in terms of uh, raw young talent, the Texans might actually be the team with the better overall talent level probably because the Browns have led the NFL in injuries. And uh, I think the Browns are doing it with smoke and mirrors and uh, chutzpah. And, uh, I, you know, I don't have a really good feeling about this game. It's uh, uh, something like a two-point spread, and I think that's very appropriate. It's going to be close. Our injury report is a mile long, and starting with we might get Grant Delpit back. Dustin Hopkins still not practicing. That's not good. Kareem Hunt <clears throat> also limited with a, a uh, soft tissue injury, a groin pull. Uh, Cedric Tillman, I mentioned, is in concussion protocol. Ethan Posick is Edging towards playing, he's got a shoulder injury. Obo Okoronkwo 
has got a pec injury that will probably need to have some sort of surgical repair at the end of the season. He might be able to go. We'll see about that. Uh, Greg Newsom uh, has a knee injury, did not practice. We'll see about him also. Mike Ford was out, missed the game against Cincinnati. He uh, may be able to play. We'll see about that. Juan Thornhill, I kind of think that he's going to be able to play. Uh, I think he was uh, held out of the game as a precaution on Sunday, but I really don't know. Don't have inside information about that, but <clears throat> that's kind of the feeling that I get just from uh, what the maybe the buzz, I guess, uh, um, around the fan base, which may or may not be reliable. And, um, you know, but at least they're practicing, and so is Marquise Goodwin. Miles Garrett, we believe, was held out just as a precautionary thing, get that shoulder healed up. He is the key to the Browns' defense. And if you've listened to my show before, you know that I believe that he is as valuable as a quarterback uh, to the point spread and to the over-under. And I think he's tremendously influential on the outcome of the game. That's probably the main reason why we think that the Browns um, would be favored by as much as two points in this game. Similarly, we think that Amari Cooper could have played last week, but because uh, the Browns had already locked up a playoff spot, there was no need to have him playing. And uh, here's a question. Um, we mentioned this on the earlier show on the Cleveland Brownie X, if you tune into that. Uh, there's a bit of a... Uh, uh, controversy about whether the Browns are wise to start Jeff Driscoll, who's just been with the team for a week and a half, over P.J. Walker, who's been with the Browns since the beginning of the regular season and has actually won a start against the San Francisco 49ers and contributed mightily to the victory over the Indianapolis Colts, who are a very good team. So what's this about? Well, uh, it what it amounts to is that uh, Driscoll threw two touchdown passes after he got straightened out in the second half. PJ only threw one touchdown pass the entire season. And so he really hasn't performed that well, although he has done it in the past with other teams. He's been around for a while, but you could, you know, uh, the other thing is that, uh, Driscoll perhaps is more like Flacco than Walker. Walker is more like Deshaun Watson, I would say. And I think Driscoll really is a talent, and I hope that he gets a chance to be a backup quarterback, maybe a number three quarterback behind uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I think the Browns should have three quarterbacks and probably another guy now that they've expanded the roster on the practice squad. I think the standard thing to do is to have three guys on the active roster, just like Baltimore, just like Pittsburgh, and then another guy on the practice squad just in case of an emergency, like they have uh, had to do this season. These things are important, and you know why not develop an extra quarterback? Why not? So I'm still mad at the Browns that you did not listen to the prophecy. And again, in Greek mythology, 
that God sometimes gave people the gift of prophecy and then cursed them by uh, making it so that the people would not heed the prophecies that the uh, oracle would would uh, present. So what can I tell you? I told the Browns that they should sign Jeff Driscoll back in October. Did they listen? No. The quarterback will get so much better by familiarizing himself with the playbook by months or even years of study. All right, but having had that temper tantrum, let's admit that both he and PJ can lead the Cleveland Browns if they're called upon. Let me take a few minutes now of break time. Uh, I wanted to mention the charity uh, First Candle is something that Nick Chubb has supported. Uh, this is a, a charity that contributes to research to hopefully end someday the Sudden Infant Death Syndrome, or SIDS. Uh, Nick's family was affected by this syndrome. Uh, one of the uh, Chubb uh, babies uh, passed a few years ago, and Nick decided that he would take a special role in raising funds for this charity. And one of the things that he has done is devoted the uh, profits from his cereal, the uh, uh, Chubb uh, Crunch uh, profits are sent to the uh, First Candle charity. So keep that in mind if you want to. I think you can still order Chubb Crunch through Amazon, and it, it costs a lot of money, frankly but it goes to a good cause, and uh, Nick Chubb is our guy, isn't he? So I wanted to mention that. And uh, with that, I'm going to pause for a few seconds uh, on some of the platforms that carry our channel and other platforms that will actually be a few minutes of uh, commercial time for the companies that support our programs and thank you, Johnny Cleveland, for making all these arrangements for us. And I'll just pause right here. Okay, and we are back. And uh, okay, so let's move to the Texans situation. The Browns are not the only team that have injury concerns. And... Um, <clears throat> okay, so the um, uh, Texans have problems with wide receivers. And uh, uh, Robert Woods, I mentioned, is looking like he's going to be able to play, even though he had some significant uh, injury issue that you know, seemed like he might not be able to make it. But um that one actually looks like he's starting to practice, and uh, he's got a real uh, chance to make it, it looks like. They're, they're saying that they think he's going to play. Uh, Jonathan Greenard, I believe, is the sack leader on their team. Will Anderson, also a very good edge rusher. 
Malik Collins and Sheldon Rankins are the starters at defensive tackle. Both starters were on the injury list. And then um, two guys that are also edge rushers that are basically the entire defensive front four wound up on the injury list. But it looks like they're starting to have limited practice by Wednesday. And then the hope is that by Saturday they'll be good to go. Uh, two starting offensive linemen also on the injury list, but starting to practice would be Malik Collins and Sheldon Rankins. Uh, or excuse me, that's those are the defensive guys. Shaq Mason, Laramie Tunsil are the starting offensive linemen. But uh, you know the the uh, person who posted on Twitter, DJ, and I hope I'm pronouncing this name um, in French, it would be BNM. You know, well liked BNM uh, says that they're at practice and they're optimistic that they're going to play. But all it means, if they're at practice, it means that they attended practice, but it doesn't mean that they're necessarily um, participating in all the drills and that they're tearing things up and they're definitely going to play. It just means that they attended. So I'm not quite sure how much significant, uh, how much significance to place on that. And, uh, yeah, okay. So, uh, this game kind of worries me. I don't... Uh, I don't know that uh, it really matters what the fans think about it. What matters is about what the team thinks about it. I believe that the team is very, very serious about winning this game. They are a veteran team. They know better than to look ahead. But this is one of the teams that there's always a team that gets into the playoffs that sort of uh, finds itself in the middle of the year and becomes very powerful and sort of emerges and sprints to the finish line and makes the playoffs. And the Houston Texans are that team. It looked like uh, they were going to get buried by Jacksonville. Jacksonville was just going to dominate. And there was talk that Jacksonville might even be the number one seed. If, you know, they could put a winning streak together at the end of the year. They had uh, some problems, the main one probably being that Trevor Lawrence wound up with a uh, arm issue and missed a few games, and they wound up losing all those games without their star quarterback. <clears throat> and meanwhile, uh, Texas started really winning a lot of games and becoming better and better, and Indiana Indianapolis was able to hang in there even though they're, you know, they tried to start a rookie quarterback, which is always not a good idea, especially a guy that was only 21 years old. And uh, ugh, it just didn't make any sense. It just really did not. But they had Gardner Minshew as a high caliber backup, and they should have started him right from the get-go, put in their rookie in garbage time if they're ahead by two or three touchdowns or behind either way. 
Gardner Minshew is a pretty good quarterback, and he almost led Indianapolis uh, to the title, but uh, they faltered at the end, and Houston was strong enough to prevail. They were kind of inconsistent at the end. Uh, I think it might have had something to do with with uh, concussion to C.J. Stroud, and then he didn't really get it back until maybe the last game against uh, Indianapolis. But uh, he uh, he was really hot in the middle of the season and sort of cooled off and then, and then put together the performance that the team needed in order to get to the playoffs. But he was throwing for like 400 yards in, in the middle of the season, and it was – basically a reign of terror. I mean, he was really, really on. And uh, there have been injuries to the wide receiver core that have maybe slowed him down a little bit. But uh, it was pretty touch and go. Um, man, it was really serious stuff. So uh, I think that what what they didn't do was really make adjustments when they had injuries. That is something that the Browns were exceptionally good at. They were able to put in substitute players and continue to win. And uh, in contrast, the Texans seemed to sputter without their number one guys, that they went to the bench, brought some guys into the starting lineup, and they didn't have that same high level of performance. They dropped off and started to sputter a little bit. But, uh, you know, they did beat Indianapolis in the last game of the season, and they therefore looked pretty good in doing that. Indianapolis did not go away quietly. So I think it's going to be a tough uh, a tough out, let's put it that way. It's, they're not going to go away quietly. They're not just going to yield in order to allow the Browns to advance in the playoffs. It's very difficult to advance in the playoffs by playing road games like the Browns are doing. And, and uh, I think this has all the makings of a trap game. The Browns are favored by a few points for reasons that are not totally clear. I think the experience factor is really what the spread is based on. And uh, I don't know how far you can go with that, but all the other factors really favor Houston. And uh, I think it's going to be a very, very close game. I would not bet this game because there are just too many unknown factors uh, that influence it. And I really think that Houston has the tangible factors in their favor and with the Browns it's really the intangible factors perhaps of better coaching and dare I say superior play calling from Kevin Stefanski and the experience factor is going to come into play and then the intimidation factor from Miles Garrett and the boys up front on the front four I think that they are going to be able to put pressure on C.J. Stroud and get him running for his life a little bit. And that 
that is going to make a difference. That is where the difference is going to come from is the Browns' defense once again. I believe that the defensive unit is the Browns' strength still. I believe, uh, moreover, that the Browns will play uh, air ball because of uh, who they've evolved into. That was not their intention at the beginning of the year. They wanted to run the ball first, but at this point, they're a better pass-blocking offensive line than they are run-blocking offensive line. So I think you're going to see Flacco continue to air it out more than 40 times a game. They might be throwing the ball to running backs so that they might still utilize running backs, but not necessarily handing the ball off uh, all that often. They'll continue to use play action and run the ball enough to keep the defense honest. But um, we're going to go airborne once again and try to beat C.J. Stroud at his own game. I think that's tough to do. It's not going to be simple, and I think we need to have a good game from Miles Garrett and crew in order to neutralize C.J. Stroud, who really is a phenomenal quarterback, even at his young age, even though he's a rookie. And you know, those who listen to me, you know how much I despise rookie quarterbacks and how little respect I generally have for them. But C.J. Stroud is not your typical running or typical rookie quarterback. He is a different breed of cat altogether. He can do things that typical rookies do not do. He, he is the exception to the rule. Usually rookie quarterbacks are foolish investments by teams who place way too high expectations, but C.J. Stroud is the rare guy that actually lives up to the billing. I think it'll be a very close game. I can't wait to see it. Uh, We'll talk again soon, and we'll talk again after that game. Take care, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll catch up. Take care. Bye-bye.